Good evening. It is December 3rd, 2021. Can you believe it? That's astonishing, honestly. And it is Friday. Happy Friday, everybody. Also known as Friday or Thursday Eve. I got that from one of my principals. Always makes it sound better. I kind of have been losing track of the days. It's interesting because I thought Thursday was Wednesday. And I thought today was Saturday. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Anyways, um, I am very blessed to have everything in my life. I have worked incredibly hard my entire life. Went to high school, graduated from Santa Cruz High, go Cardinals. Yes, I was a cheerleader, captain, my senior year, co-captain, my junior year. So yeah, 2002, that means 20 years next year. That's a bit crazy. I don't know. It's interesting. Everyone has different lives and are in different areas and steps in their in their journey and it's wonderful. <clears throat> I am trying to catch my breath and it's hard because Sometimes when you have anxiety, it's really hard to catch your breath. And it kind of relates to I can't breathe. I can't breathe. George Floyd. Last year in the pandemic, a white police officer officer really put his foot on his neck and nobody tried to stop him because what because he was white I don't understand the other police officers were people of color definitely Asian definitely Latino whatever mixed it just Honestly, it's very, very sad. And I know I hit on it during my last episode, which was so interesting because I I said, happy um, Black Friday, right? That's when I recorded the last episode. And I was recording on Saturday, I think. And, or no, 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 I think I was, nope. I think I was recording on Black Friday. I'm pretty sure. Anyways, <clears throat> I kind of just went into whatever was on my mind. And when I hear Black Friday, I instantly thought of Black Lives Matter. And they still matter. And people of color, our lives matter. And at the end of the day, it's just 
it's just sad. It's sad how much um, we've come so far and we still have so far to go. And that's fine because we always just get better and better. Progress, not perfection. I, this evening, I just went to a uh, film festival. I'm here in Lake Tahoe, and I was gifted a VIP pass, which was really amazing, awesome sauce. I don't know. It's really cool. I love movies, and it was a documentary, which I also really love, and... Oh my gosh, it was so eye-opening. I know that we can all relate because we all were alive during the pandemic. Yes, COVID-19, I said it. Um, It's just interesting because... 2019, in September, I made the decision not to go back into the classroom and to step away and practice self-care and travel. So that's exactly what I did. And I also started this podcast in September 2019. So thank you for listening. I'm really, I got a smile on my face right now. I'm just in awe. Like, wow. I saw some of the titles and I'm kind of impressed by myself. I'm not trying to be like egotistical by any means, but I was like, wow, like if I'm feeling some type of way, I can go to Sunshine Soul and select whatever episode is calling me. So, yeah. Um, Ooh, that felt good. This is episode 21. So, yeah, September, I decided not to go back to the classroom, started this podcast, And then in November, I started a three and a half week journey in Mexico. And the first location was Mexico City just for a few days. And then I went to Acapulco. I checked in and I was informed that I had to pay another $350 resort fee in addition to what I had already paid, which was not astronomical, but I don't usually pay resort fees. That's why I have my vacation ownership. So anyways, it was, it is what it is. And thinking about it, I really let myself be in that anger or annoyance the whole week. I would go outside for the sunset because I love the sunset. 
capture the beautiful waves, the sand, the sun going down. And all day, I would be in my bed in this fat one-bedroom condo with a pool or whatever you want to call it. Um, it was a pool because it wasn't a jacuzzi. It wasn't warm. A pool out on the patio. I, I see why they charge me the three fifty. <laughs> um, so yeah, it it was just a lot because then I was in my dark place, and it's interesting because usually I'm not in my dark place when I'm traveling because I'm not thinking about whatever's putting me there right it could be anything it could just be I think the the fact that I am always unsure about the next year and having a contract and that always weighed really really heavy on my heart and July I know I'm going back in time July 2019 I went to Aruba and that was the month after I had the last day of school and the last day of school was really emotional for me. I, I didn't want to say goodbye. So I made sure that we had the biggest party ever and we did no schoolwork that day and we played and I always play music so they can have a dance party and you know, it's just interesting because I really love my students and I know that I can still help children in another way and also adults. I don't mind helping adults. Everybody needs a hand, but yeah, so when I went to Aruba, <laughs> In July, <clears throat> I was actually, for the first time, in a dark place. I did force myself to get out and about, and that was really wonderful, even if it was to go across the street when the street is very small. Um, and I would just lay in the sun and read a book or asleep because I said to myself if I'm going to be depressed I'm going to get a tan at the same time and so I did and you know the ocean is very very healing it's a very healing place for me and so yeah July 2019 Aruba still in my dark place even on a vacay in Aruba, I just, it didn't, it, it was crazy because that's never happened. So I knew something was different. I knew that the forcing of resignation that occurred in March of that year was very astonishing. Yeah. They, they took me out of my classroom 
and had another teacher watch over my kids. I always call my students my kids. And I went into the office. And I don't know about you, but as a child, if you're going to the principal's office, it's really never a good thing. So even as an adult, I really didn't want to go to the principal's office. So I did. And in there sat Donna W. I won't say your last name because I want to respect your privacy. She is the most amazing principal I've ever had in my entire career of 10 years, a whole decade. She was the only principal that was really in tune with what's going on outside of the classroom for me as a person. You know, they say the eyes are the window to the soul. And, you know, we always made eye contact. You know, I think that's important when you're communicating with someone, it shows that you're giving them your full attention. And um, it was just very rare, you know, to find someone who is your principal, the administrator of the school, to really give you props and, you know, affirmations that you are a fantastic teacher. However, I can tell something's wrong with you, but I don't know what. One day we were in the hallway and she, it was like way after school and it was just me and her. And that's when she asked me, she was like, how are you? And I'm like, fine. And she's like, no, how are you doing? How are you feeling? And I, I think she saw it in my eyes cause I was very sad. And I told her, you know, that school year was a lot of, it was super uncomfortable and toxic. And at the same time in my classroom, it was a very happy place, creative, where we could just be ourselves and not have to worry about other people watching us except for me miss lee clearly i'm responsible for these kids so third grade that was my favorite year um i don't think it's a coincidence that my last year of teaching in the classroom happened to be my favorite grade third grade is amazing so i'm just i don't know it, it's 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 really special when you meet someone that can really be in tune with your energy and, you know, your overall aura, you know, are they on a positive vibration or a low vibration? And it was very kind 
for her to ask how I was doing and to acknowledge that I wasn't doing fine and to really be open and honest with her. And so I was. And, you know, I, I said, I, I'm really going to miss this school and I'm really going to miss you and the students and my classroom. My classroom was super dope. The theme was ocean and we had like, it was under the sea. So it was like blue paper, super big, long paper. And then I did sand on the bottom with brown construction paper. And I made a few little fishies. And then as a class, I had them do whatever they wanted to add to our little under the sea adventure. So I like printed out starfish and, you know, sharks, other fishies, jellyfish. <laughs> it was really great. And it's definitely a memory I'll, I'll keep forever. So September, here we go, coming on back. September, I decided to not go back and and listen to my body and my mind and my soul and my heart because I there was no way I was going to be able to give my all give my best to any students so that was that and then in November you know I went on that three and a half week adventure so yeah the first week like I said it was in Acapulco um, I was in my room all day not gonna lie um, I was watching Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Yes, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Um, seasons one through whatever, I can't remember, but all of them. And then I would always go out and catch the sunset. This was for an entire week, seven days. I checked out. I was so happy to just leave. And then I went back to Mexico City. And it was really nice to be back in a place where there's a lot going on, the hustle and bustle. I I feel like Mexico City is the equivalent of New York or the Bay Area in Mexico. And it was really fun. I had a good time walking around and practicing my Spanish, trying new foods and just it was it was very, very enlightening. I was able to actually witness a shaman and he was getting rid of the, I guess, bad energy, the bad energy, the negativity, what have you from this person. And he had sage, which is my favorite, by the way. And I just found it interesting. Um, there was a lot of people around just watching. I didn't really want to also do it because I didn't want a whole bunch of people watching me. But I have definitely been blessed by a shaman, Virgil. You're awesome with my spirit animal as a lion and my 
energy as orange orange color that's my that's my color however my favorite color is red so interesting enough i i had a great time mexico city so that was week two. Oh, i also while i was there i also was able to hike the mayan ruins so one thing that i really like about mexico and central america is uh you can just hike into these great lands of just green lush grass and then you end up at a pyramid and some of them you can climb and i i was curious about this one tichuacan i believe tichuacan is the name of this pyramid and it was very steep there's probably three or four uh little stopping points because it's that steep and i stopped because i'm not in a rush you know and i met actually i met a new friend that day i cannot for the life of me remember her name i'm so sorry however i do remember her and she actually was from somewhere in a spanish-speaking country i'm not sure so i'm not going to guess but she was kind of a nomad she didn't have like a stationary home that she goes back to like i go back to san diego she was actually just living her life and figuring it out as she goes and i thought it was very interesting she also had a camera and i had a camera i had a nikon she had a nikon and i was like oh what's up and so we vibed and then we spent like the rest of the day together just you know walking and climbing these pyramids and taking pictures and connecting with a stranger and it was it's it here's the thing i i am a very outgoing person so talking to strangers doesn't really scare me i mean i'm not going to really be talking to some creepy person if i don't feel like they are safe i will definitely keep my distance so intuition is definitely key but she was warm and warm and fuzzy inside and it was really cool so after that i think probably the next day i actually caught my flight to go to mazatlan and that was the third i guess country city i don't know whatever mazatlan was beautiful i felt so good getting off the airport shuttle that i had purchased and arranged in advance so i would not be stressed out i typically do that for every trip and you know the driver was very nice and i opened the door and the resort was so beautiful it's like this huge fountain in the middle of the room and when i say room i mean like it was probably like five master bedrooms all together 
with really, really high ceilings and marble floors and mar uh, marble columns and just felt very rich, you know, elegant. And, you know, I, I checked in and it was great. And then, and then I was outside and I had my bags. I'm pretty sure I definitely, yeah, no, I definitely had my bags with me. And so there was a guy that was waiting there in a little golf cart and he offered to take me to my room. And I was like, yes, please. That's what's up. And then we started speaking in Spanish. Como estas? Muy bien. Y tú? And, you know, just, just conversating on my little short drive in a golf cart to my room. I opened the door and it's this beautiful kitchen and I keep walking forward and it's a gigantic living room with two couches and a sliding glass door. That glass door led to the balcony which you could see the water. It was basically a yacht club. And it was pretty. And then I walked back inside and I went to my bedroom. And it was basically the size of the living room and a little bit of the kitchen. It was gigantic. I had a desk in there. I had, I think, a chair for sure I'm like maybe two chairs very very comfy and the bathroom was nice too it was good size not tiny and I felt completely at ease and it was nice it was nice to go ahead and just be and then I enjoyed myself that week and I met actually a new friend who is a traveling nurse and she was so cool. I told her about my, my passion for travel and at that point I, I had global lifestyler, global underscore lifestyler on Instagram and she was like wow you've been to so many places and I think I, I said thank you in my mind I'm like really have I been to that well I guess I have and so I said thank you because you know when people give you a compliment you thanks and and then I also talked about my podcast and you know she was like wow that's exciting too when you talk to other people, their perspectives are so different from yours sometimes, right? Because at the same time, I was also going through my own turmoil of whether I was going to go back to the classroom. And so taking a break and traveling definitely helped me figure out what I wanted to do. 
Then I got back in like the middle of December, went to San Diego for a week, came home. Then I got on an airplane and went to San Jose because that's the nearest airport to my hometown of Santa Cruz. And it was a very interesting week. I will be kind of vague about it because I want to protect people. Um, my brother, Mike, had just become a father to not even almost a two-month-old baby girl named Amara. And she was so tiny. And I had already seen her, like, when she was a week old. But, you know, she's still small. And it was just interesting because there was a lot of difficult situations that were occurred. And we basically had to move him out and get him to a safe place. Because where he was, wasn't safe. And, you know, all he wanted was to be in a space where he didn't have to worry and he could take care of this new baby girl the best that he knows how as a new father. It's just amazing to watch him, watch him really help her grow and become, you know, a little girl someday and then a beautiful woman. And right now she's just a baby and she just had her one year birthday, her first birthday on 10:30, and I'm 10:20. So we're 10 days apart. She shares my birthday month. Yes, I call her my little pumpkin because she's the day before Halloweeny. And she's special, incredibly special to me. And so yeah, when I when I flew home for that Christmas, we really didn't have a Christmas because we needed to make sure that my brother was in a safe place and we are there for each other. That's what we do. Like family, you should be able to count on your family to be there through thick and thin, through any good and hard times where you're just feeling like the world is just crumbling, right? Because they're going to pick up the pieces and they're going to help you build yourself back up again. And so that's what we did. And it was an interesting experience. And I was glad that he was in a safe place after all was said and done. Once we were there, I got on another airplane <laughs> to Cabo. San Lucas to spend New Year's Eve week. New Year's Eve week. Actually left the day after Christmas, so the 26th until I think January 2nd or 3rd. And my travel partner was Brittany, my favorite roommate, my only roommate I will ever, ever have because she is so dope. And I won't find anybody like her. So, yeah. We had a good time. We both came back. 
And then, you know, I was going to start my learning pod. And then, oh, shoot. We tested positive for COVID. And I was like, oh, wow. That's not good. And then I quarantined for 14 days. And... Actually, I didn't have my learning pod in January. Nope. I was still on unemployment because my unemployment ran out the first week of March. So March, I came back for one week and subbed for like two different grade levels at two different schools. Go figure. And the last school was definitely in the hood for sure. The kids were wiling out, didn't know how to respect people, thought they could take advantage of me because I'm the sub. However, they didn't know that Miss Lee does not play at all. So you're going to do the assignment and then we'll have some recess. Then we'll do the assignment and we can have fun. That's it. And I believe it was Friday the 13th. Just kind of spooky. And yeah, it was crazy because I didn't understand the gravity of the lockdown. Also, before I forget, the previous month in February, I went to Spain and Morocco and it was awesome. It's very cold because it was in the winter. So I just wanted to put that out there. I did a lot of travel while I was taking my sabbatical. (laughs) It's funny to say that uh, because I'm not coming back ever. Never going back to the classroom. Not not an elementary school classroom where I teach kids seven subjects. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I'm smiling because it was a great experience and I'll never forget it. A decade of my life spent with different children from kindergarten and TK, which was a pilot program. And it was really fun. It was, it was really, unique. And I'm glad that I was able to become a teacher and meet all these students and You know, one thing that I do love about them is they are so open and honest and they will make you random pieces of art and it's so pretty and notes that really just make you feel good. Like Miss Lee is the best. I swear that's what somebody wrote. And then... Yeah, Valentine's was also a very big one for us. So, so yeah, the shutdown happened and I soon realized the gravity of, whoa, we are on shutdown. This is the pandemic. What are we doing? Right. And then it got real. AF, because I'm going (laughs) to don't want to swear. Uh, yeah, you know, I live in San Diego and they were not playing around. I used to be able to go to the beach at that time. And I remember it was literally the day before they said they were going to go ahead and actually 
have that blocked off so you wouldn't be able to be on the beach at all whatsoever and they also did the same thing to sunset cliffs while i was there i was you know walking around on the edge safely looking at the cliffs and the ocean waves and it was in the middle of the day it was kind of cloudy it was gray and all of a sudden there's all these police officers that are like you know coming around and parking their cars in the parking lot and literally just standing guard and making sure that nobody else parks in the parking lot and the instructions were you cannot walk on this side you can go walk on the other side on the sidewalk and i was just bewildered people were sitting on their roofs of their cars because you know the police can't do anything about that and that's when i realized that this is really really serious we're locking things down and we need to wear a mask to protect ourselves and so many people would say i can't breathe I can't breathe. You can't breathe because you have a mask to protect yourself? Okay. I cannot even tell you the amount of white women, yes, I am saying it, Karens all over going into Trader Joe's without their mask. It was, I can't even, I can't, the word, I don't have the words. It was just like, really? Do you think you're just rule the world? You're just going to go into a grocery store where everybody else is wearing their masks, including the employees, and you're going to make a stand because you don't want to wear your mask? Get the fuck out of here. I can't. Karen, there was like at least 20 of them. Some of them were wearing masks. I think there were some guys wearing masks, but like mask masks, like not the one that covers your mouth. It was like actually like the full face. And it was just so strange to me. I was like, what are we, is this Halloween? It was just so strange. I kind of felt a little bit eerie, like they were going to do something wrong. These white people were arguing and Trader Joe's literally had to close the doors and let customers in one at a time because these group of anti-maskers were holding up the entrance. So I go on to say this. I can't breathe. What does that mean to George Floyd? He was literally saying, please stop. Please stop. You're hurting me. You're literally killing me. Killing me. I can't breathe. And you're not listening because you're a white police officer who still has some kind of racial discrimination against black men and women and children and people of color. Because I too have definitely experienced that. I'm pretty sure I've talked about that on a previous episode. And, you know, I was just, you know, there was news that evening talking about the whole event that happened. And there was footage because someone was brave enough to actually start recording I think it was some female that was like maybe a teenager or in her early 20s. And she started recording. And because of her, they had footage. 
And thank you to whoever that was because you were able to record the exact events that happened. And I am so so glad, excuse me, so glad that he, after months and months and months, was charged with murder. Because that's what he did. He murdered this innocent, tall, strong black man who had a daughter. I think she was maybe three. And I really hope that she still remembers him when she grows up. Because I can't even imagine not having my dad. And then the Black Lives Matter movement happened, right? This racial injustice. And here we go. Let's go. Let's go. And across the U.S., we got New York, Chicago, Bay Area, and San Diego, and I'm sure every other town protesting and making signs and wearing their masks because we're still in a pandemic. COVID is not going anywhere. This was in June. And it was summertime. It was kind of chilly that day. I went with my best friend, Jason. And he's also a strong black man. I've known him since we were 20. And he went with me. And we protested. And it was very special. Because everybody was there. Black people of color, whites, everything in between. We came together as one unit to stand together and say, we're not going to take this and we're going to protest and we're going to bring awareness to the Black Lives Matter. They do and they still do. You know, here we are a year and a half later, and I feel like sometimes people forget. However, I do see the sign still posted in some businesses, which I think is wonderful because they're not forgetting that Black Lives Matter. And we're still going to fight for equality. And that's it. We're going to fight for equality. And we're going to get it. Absolutely. It just takes us a lot longer. But I guess that's how evolution kind of goes. So I just watched a documentary and it's called The First Wave. The First Wave of the Pandemic. And it literally documents from April till June. So April... May, June, three months. It's shot in New York in the emergency rooms and they focus on a select few COVID patients, some that unfortunately passed away and went to heaven and some that were actually able to survive and overcome this 
very, very horrible disease that nobody has ever seen. Nobody even knows what it is. And there's different variants. Oh my gosh, what are we doing? Like, how are we ever going to get out of this? How can we find the vaccine if now it's like mutating? It's like an alien. Except it's taking lives. It's taking lives of so many people. You know, in this documentary, I believe they said uh, 9-11 had maybe 2,500 people pass away. And at that point in time, when this documentary was being recorded, it was over 7,000. Over 7,000 people died, passed away, went to heaven, left their bodies. And their poor loved ones were left with sadness and having to grieve and I just, once again, I can't imagine, you know, that could have been me because I tested positive in January. I, I'm very, very blessed and I thank my angels and God and Buddha. I am so thankful for my life because not everybody made it, you know, and I was asymptomatic. So I didn't even know that I had it. So it was, it was definitely like astonishing to me because I was very vigilant about wearing my mask and I still got it. So there you go. So we go on to say this, this documentary really highlights the fact that the COVID-19 variant or whatever you want to call it, disease, the reason for our pandemic, the reason for our lockdown most of the patients that came into the hospital were people of color, including black, brown, right? Latino, Asian, black, Indian. I'm kind of glad that they didn't really focus on a white person and I'm not saying that to be mean I actually just thought about it of all the patients they had covered there were white doctors for sure but there were no white patients that we were focusing on not not that I remember and you know these doctors and these nurses oh my gosh Thank you, nurses. Nurses are awesome. All of my girlfriends, not all, but I would say a handful of my girlfriends from my hometown are nurses or studying to be nurses. Hello, Karina, future nurse. And it's amazing to me because I can't even imagine once again having to be in that position where you literally have to wear armor. Literally, you have your mask, maybe a face shield, and your heart. You have to protect your heart because it's so sad. When someone passes, all of the doctors and nurses that was trying to revive that person, they all take a moment of silence for one whole minute. And I think that's very sweet. And 
caring and endearing. And, you know, it's all they can do because, unfortunately, that person didn't make it. So the, the people that were focused on was this black man, and he actually was a police officer, I think for a school. And he had a wife. He was very young. He was 35. She was also 35. And they had the cutest little boy who was three and also a little baby. That was seven months. And, you know, he has a family. And you see the beginning when he comes in and he can't even breathe. Literally, I can't breathe. This disease is going to take over me because he was at high risk. He was overweight and had diabetes. That's not to, to say that Everybody will get it or not get it, but that is high risk. And so he happened to get it. The other family that they focused on was an Asian family. And they were actually all nurses that lived in one house. So it was the mom. And she actually was in the hospital. She had just had an emergency C-section because she had COVID and they didn't want to risk it. And so they got the little boy out and his name is Lion or they say Leon, but I like Lion, L-Y-O-N. I think it's the Y. And, you know, it was also very heartbreaking to see what was going on with that family because it's something you never want to experience this immense sadness and not knowing if your loved one is going to survive or pass away. And it documents the same thing. She is in very bad shape. She can barely breathe. Both of them had breathing tubes, by the way, which meant they couldn't talk. And they had to, you know, try to move a little bit of their hand or their finger or their eyes just blinking to communicate. And because these amazing nurses were able to really provide excellent care, physical therapy, learning how to walk again, it was very eye-opening to see the experience that people have. I didn't have that experience, and I am blessed. And I acknowledge that this documentary really focuses on what really happens in the emergency room. You know, the nurses are also, you know, they're interviewed and, you know, you see the real emotions like the 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 white nurse. She's really, really upset because, you know, the black man who's a police officer can barely breathe. And there were a few times where he stopped breathing. She had to leave the room because she was crying. She couldn't handle it. She's like, he has a family. 
I have a family like this. This is not this is not okay. Like I want him to survive. And it was the special connection that they had. And I thought it was very, very different, you know, because here's the thing. I don't think white people are bad. Just let me say that first and foremost. I have plenty of white friends. However, there are some that are very entitled. And this woman, this nurse, this incredible nurse really gave her everything to this man along with the physical therapist. And by the end of the movie, he was walking and he was at home and he was able to hold his daughter. It was special. And the little boy who was three made him a special book about daddy. And I thought that was really heartwarming. And then for the other family, the Asian family, people of color, right? Because they actually noted that a majority of the cases were people of color. So that's really, I I don't know how I feel about that. It just, I mean, really? Privilege? Is is that what what that's about? I mean... I don't know. I don't want I don't want to keep talking about it. So this Asian family, she was in the hospital, right? She had to get the emergency C-section and her little boy was in the incubator and he was doing great. And then he couldn't be taken home because the rest of the home, his dad and his aunties all had COVID and they're all nurses. So the wife is still in the hospital, still can't speak. And, you know, I can't, once again, I can't imagine being a mom and not being able to hold your baby that you just gave birth to. He was was literally taken like 20 seconds after she didn't get very much time because she had COVID and they didn't want anything to happen. You know, so they were separated immediately. You know, she couldn't talk and she also had the breathing tube. And at one point it shows her actually writing because she couldn't move her hands. So it's it shows, you know, the progress of her healing and she writes special notes saying, I'm going to make it. I know I'm going to live. I love my family. So it was very special and it was very heartwarming. And I'm really glad that I was able to see the first wave. When it comes out for everybody else, I highly suggest it. Thank you for listening to the longest episode. It's 55 minutes of sunshine soul. I will talk to you later.